Welcome in to episode 100. We did it. Over the here. Train with the Best podcast from Onyx Elite in Richmond, Virginia. I'm Craig Hoffman. Chris Gores. And uh, yeah, we made it. Who would have thought sitting in, what was it, Pete's Coffee Shop in Ashburn? Pete's Coffee Shop, yeah. Broadlands, Virginia. Broadlands, Virginia, whatever Ashburn, Broadlands, Brambleton, you want to call that? Yep. Yep. A couple of years ago that we'd be sitting here 100 episodes later. In a brand new facility. This facility wasn't even up yet. No, it wasn't. That's right. Uh, so you've opened this and been all over the country doing this podcast and here we are. Uh, as you may have seen on Instagram, our guest today is going to be one of the founders of DBC Fitness, and I was down there last week. Uh, this is 99 episodes of not being DBC certified. This is the first <laughs> that uh, you, nice. you have a DBC Level 1 certified trainer uh-huh. on here. So I went down. We will talk a lot about that and then share with you my conversation with, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here to say, the world's leading biomechanist in Donnie Raymond. So that was an awesome chat with Donnie. Getting to learn from him the entire weekend was was rather incredible. And uh, we have that conversation coming for you right here on this podcast. Uh, you've been quite busy yourself. Uh, yep. I went south. You've you've been north in, in PA finishing up Global Squad. How did that finish up? Yeah, it's it, it was great. I mean, the, for the first year, uh, I've done Global Squad now for five years. And this is the first year that I get to experience it, not just as a coach, but also as a parent. I uh, had a chance to bring my daughter Mila up there and spend a week with the girls, and she had an amazing time. She, like, is on the verge of quitting softball so that she could do that oh, for a wow. whole month. You know, so she wants to she wants to do that for the whole month next year. Um, and, and I remind her, I was like, well, we couldn't do this because you had softball for the first half of July. She was like, I don't care. I want to do this. for, for wow. and, it wasn't, and it wasn't even just about the basketball, just the way that she had a chance to – meet girls from all over the world, have a chance to, to bond with them and, and bond through this little round thing called a basketball. I mean, it was just really cool. So um, a new perspective for, for me being a parent, not just a coach at that camp. That's really cool. And it's amazing what sports and basketball, especially such a global game, can do to bring people together. Right. And when it's we, done the right way, right? Yeah, and we talked about that uh, two pods ago. I had Russin on the last pod, but uh, we talked about that. Uh, just kind of in general, and that's why you keep going back to do it. So yep. I'd imagine taking that within your own family is a yep. an even crazier step. Um, I went down to DBC for the Level 1 certification last weekend or two weekends ago, whenever it was, and um, it's hard for something that is that hyped up, that well thought of, like everyone says it's great, mm-hmm. to actually measure up. Yep. But it did. And there's a couple of things that I thought were really interesting, and, and the last of which will transition right into kind of the what this pod has meant to us as we sit here reflecting on episode 100. Right. Um, first of all, I will say the professionalism with which that seminar was put on over two days was 100% top notch. Mm-hmm. Can't do it better. Um, and I, I talked to David a little bit about kind of the evolution of how it's gone. They used to do 50 people. They thought it was too much. They backed down to 30. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about 30, 35 people in there where you really get a chance to talk with David and Donnie and all the coaches that are there. Elise is hanging out. Javi's there a little bit. Um, you know, Connor taught part of the seminar and congrats by the way to, uh, Elise and Connor who for the first time got to present as part of the level one, two friends of mine. Um, so that was really cool uh, in every single way and just first class. And as we, uh, work on some stuff here uh, mm-hmm. and, and coming in November there will be a, a train with the best Onyx Elite and Skills I believe he said is involved right? Yeah Skills is um, going to back it up. Yep. So we'll have our own thing here at Onyx coming up 
uh, in a couple of months. And, and as we work on that and you work on that, like there's definitely some things you can take just from how it was arranged to all the stuff that you'd expect for a place that cares about the details. Yep. Um, but the coaching too, um, it was funny at first, Donnie comes out and starts his raining knowledge, like mm-hmm. the science and the physics, the stuff that you would like that I'm going, I haven't seen that symbol since <laughs> 10th grade. <laughs> I don't know what that means. It's a, is that a theta? Is that a, <laughs> I was calculus. Is this a cosine? Is there a derivative I'm supposed to Are remember? measuring in radius. I don't remember what a derivative <laughs> is, but it's cool. Cause it just establishes like, this is the level of work we've done on this. Right. And Donnie and I talked about that in the interview and you'll hear more about that from him. But at first I'm going, am I in over my head? <laughs> what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> but, uh, that, you know, David did a great job of, of setting it up too, saying like, we're about to hit you with a lot, survive this. Most of this will not be on the test. Yeah. It is to establish a baseline of where we are. Yep. And then they get into the squat. And they get into some, you know, you have to have a, a good understanding of anatomy. And if not, you can kind of pick it up, but like, you have to, you know, really understand, like the, we're talking about how the body works in a natural way. Uh-huh. And there's just some stuff that you take away from this course that is, it's just, it's not how you're taught when you're taking NASM or you're taking this right. or you're taking that. Mm-hmm. And and that I think is the other thing too that I thought was really cool. And I'm really glad that I had some cool side conversations with David because at first you're like, okay, this is just how to coach. Mm-hmm. And then, but that's what it is. And, and I thought one of the interesting things about level one for DBC is it's out of order. They're known in part for their assessments and their ability to program. Yeah. They don't teach you that. That's level two, which is coming in October. Yeah, It's like, we have to teach you how to coach the movements. Because even if you have a terrible program, but at least you're coaching the movements properly, you're going to be able to do some good. Yep. If you just have a bad program. Because if, you know, you have to be able to assess to get to the program. So like in terms of of a structure, in terms of like, if you go in as a client, it's out of order, right? You go into DBC, they're going to be like, all right, let's go through the assessment. Yeah. And then we'll teach you, you know, how to squat, whatever. Oh, so yes. So chronologically speaking as a client, yes. Right. To come through the assessment. So, so rather than teach you how to program and teach you the assessment and teach you how to do this stuff, it's just like, no, 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 we're going to teach you how to coach these movements Mm -hmm. and then we'll teach you how to put them in a program. Right. Um, so the paper comes after the the movement, so to speak, as opposed to like, all right, when you sit down to think about a client, you're going to be like, all right, I got to write down what I'm going to do. Um, and so mm-hmm. that level two is coming in October. Level three, the actual sports performance side is, is in the works eventually too. Um, but I thought that was just really smart and cool. And, and you get into some of the details and why this specific way is the way you should do it. Um, from a balance, from an injury prevention, and, and ultimately from a performance standpoint. And, man, I went back to One Life, to, to my job in Reston, and immediately was able to make some changes for some people. And, right. you know, you get with a client, and I'm on a Kaiser squat, and you fix one thing in a squat, and just like, all right, the movement's now more efficient, and you see a massive jump. You, know, you mm-hmm. see a 100, 100 watt jump immediately just from cleaning up an energy leak. I, th- I thought back immediately to our podcast with Yo. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about how he spends most of his time just cleaning up movement mm-hmm. versus any kind of other instruction. Right. Um, 
you know, I was working with my fitness director. She's had a back issue forever. And I immediately am able to look at her squat and be like, this is why. This is someone who's been a fitness professional for 10 years and is right. smart and knows what she's doing. Right. You're able to look at one thing and go like, wait, you have SI joint problems, don't you? Yes. Okay. This is why. Boom, boom, boom. And now I'm hoping when I get back and, and get a chance to work with her some more, we can maybe have someone be pain free, which is ultimately like why right. you do this stuff. Yep. So I was blown away. I don't know if you have any reaction to that, whatever it was, any questions, no, I mean, uh, but I just, it'll, it was everything be, I wanted it to be. Yeah. It'll eventually be something that I do in the future and it'll be, it'll be fun for me to go back and just kind of sit in the chair and watch. Cause, uh, uh, you know, like this perspective that you came with, you know, I've done, I've done these things with as little as six people when I'm teaching a class and there's six people in a class and I've done it with like 200 people in a class. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely prefer that middle ground of like somewhere between 15 to 20 people where I actually get to have conversations with people and have, um, you know, like more intimate questions and, and really get into, uh, you know, whatever it is that they actually deal with versus like theoretical stuff, you know? Right. So it's always fun to do that. So, so I'm glad that it's no longer the, the 50 person course, but yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure I'll get a chance to get down there at some point. I know I've been saying this for like two years now, yeah. probably, but at some point I'll get a chance to get down there and see the way that they do things. And, you know, I have, a, I have a good chance to, I, I've had a chance to watch and do some of the stuff that they've done before and kind of just observe and be a fly on the wall in their place and the things that they do. So yeah, I mean, what you're saying is nothing short of what I expected from them. So it's great. I'll say the other thing that stood out, not about the course, but for me personally, um, that I was, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I hope I can tell this and not to come off sounding like a jerk, but like <laughs> you're in that class, you're in that place and you know, you're surrounded by some of the best out there. Not just the people who work at DBC, obviously, but the people that are also taking the course. You're not you're not taking that course unless you're, yeah. you know, you're willing to to really work for this. You know, it's not the first. I mean, I guess there there was a couple people that were like starting, and I was like, man, this is the first thing you're doing. That's that's kind of crazy. Um, I mean, good for you, but um, <laughs> for the most people, it's 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 something where like they want to math. It's a mastery level type mm-hmm. of thing, and to be in that room. And all of a sudden, about midway through the first day, be like, holy crap, I belong here. Mm-hmm. That was cool. And that made me think a lot about this. And as people that have been listening to the pod for a while know, like I've been training for basically three years now. I think I just came up on like my three-year anniversary, basically. It was, mm-hmm. it was July of 20, in 20, 2019, so t- July of 2016 uh-huh. when I started training. And if I don't do this podcast with you and get a chance to learn from you and then have that branch off into learning from the, you know, hundred episodes now worth of stuff. Yeah. The Sean Pena's, the Yo Murphy's, the Jeremy Hills, the, the David Alexander's the first time around, you know, before (laughs) we, before I ever took the cert, um, then I'm not good at this. (laughs) And to, to like, and I've had a couple of those moments in my training career. And I, and I will say the first one is when you trusted me with one of your clients. You had a, a, a soccer player and, you know, Garrett, who works for you in Reston, was out of town. And uh-huh. it's like, hey, can you work with this kid? And I was like, wait, you trust me with one of your people? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, that was one of the first times I was like, wait, if Chris is trusting me, I must not suck at this. Right. And to then be in that room and to be able to pick up on the information like I was to, to – and I'll tell you another thing from the weekend, too, to – um, on Thursday before any of the stuff started, um, me and Elise go in there and, and work out and I'm teaching her stuff right. on Vertimax specifically, yep. but to, to 
be in there and because and, I think Elise is one of the best coaches, like period. She's mm-hmm. she's so good. Um, sometimes I don't know that she fully understands how good she is. Right. So I just try to remind her a lot. Um, <laughs> but to, to be able to teach her some stuff, I was like, geez, I've cleared something if I can do that. Right. And so like to me, when I think about 100 episodes of this podcast and what it's meant, like it's that. It's that. I, you know, when I started this, I felt like a fraud and I didn't know what I was doing. And it's like, why are they letting me train people? And even when we started the pod, it's like, why should anyone listen to me? <laughs> and I just felt like my job was to facilitate conversation between well, yeah. you and Zoe. And now it's like, okay, well, that's what maybe, it did. That's what maybe it did I am start. good at this. Maybe, yeah. maybe I do belong. And, you know, I told David this specific, uh, after the, the cert, I was like, I hope you realize now that I'm not a reporter who's playing trainer. Like right, right. I'm both. Yeah. Um, and I, I really like do care about this and want to be good at this. And what was his, response? I think I've gotten there. He's like, no doubt. No doubt. So it's funny that you bring that up. Cause it's exactly the way that you just said that you like the way they do it out of order. Your, your role on the podcast has changed from somebody who facilitated the conversation between me and Zoe and about training aspects to now knowing what it means to be a good trainer. Right. Like, from somebody who facilitates a workout and teaches good movement to somebody who can now assess and then bring it into sports performance, right? Like that's a level two, level three. And you've certainly done that over the last 100 episodes. Somebody who just like asks about like why to do this drill to now knowing the in and outs of that drill and that movement and the progressions and the regressions and everything that's connected to it. I think it's awesome to see you do that. And and for me to learn a lot about the broadcasting world, right? And and for us to to use both of our resources to connect with more people. I think I think what I look back at at the 100 episodes for me is like I feel like we did it the right way. I mm. feel like it was organic. I feel like we didn't do it for our own narcissism because there's a lot of people out there that write and post and do all kinds of shit on Twitter and Instagram for their to feed their own narcissism. We never did that. We never like forced episodes. We never did anything to pump our own like agendas. It was just like literally like, hey, like this is what we feel like is good content and I hope you like it. And if not, okay, well, we'll try better next time. You know what I mean? So that's right. what I feel like I take the most pride of over the last 100 episodes is like we did this the right way. Yeah, it's hard to do a podcast called Train With The Best and not have it be about feeding your own ego. Yeah. Like the best is in the title. <laughs> yeah. But I also feel like we made it a real point. Like I always make the joke and it's easy for me to joke because you've been doing this and, and you're so highly respected in this world. Like, yeah, I'm just, Chris is the best part. I just, I just talk. <laughs> but it's not just that. It's like we've made this community out yep. of this podcast that has so many of the best people and yep. I don't know, to culminate it with Donnie an episode or I guess culminated is not exactly the right word because it's not like episode 101 isn't going to happen <laughs> um, but to culminate the first 100 with Donnie who might be the best in the whole freaking world right um, like that's what this was about this is about letting the smartest people in this industry talk and and picking their brains about how they think about this field and where we're going and what we're doing and how they do their job. And a nice side effect for me along the way was I got a lot better at it. Yeah. But <laughs> um, look, but, this, but this is like, that's what this is about. This was always right. about, you know, I mean, even just when it was me, you and Zoe, like right. Lorenzo's elite and he's right. got a, a decade or a, you know, more than more, a decade long yeah. NFL career. Like, how did you do that? That's yeah. the question that ultimately, we, you know, you try to seek to answer. And yep. if you can, 
get that out in some digestible way, then you know you'd hope you'd have a pretty good podcast. Yeah, and like and like I said, like with Zoe, Zoe's the same as me. Like we're we're not the type of person that pounds our own chest and talks about our own accomplishments or like you know me. I hate talking about myself. No, it's annoying. I wish you'd do it more. <laughs> so you know, I, I feel like you know the other the other day I reached out to somebody in California because there was an opportunity that was coming up and we were looking for some people and I'd never heard of this person before. I was connected through a mutual friend and. You know, he goes, oh, yeah, thanks for reaching out. I listened to the podcast. I love it. And yeah. Like, what up, guy crazy. in California? And this is crazy. His name is Alexander Alexander Pui. Everybody calls him AP. What's up, AP? But um, it, it's crazy to to never meet these people. And then to, to I'm reaching out to this person because I respect what they've done. And then to find out that they listen to the podcast, that's really cool. And I, and I feel like, going back to what we said, like I feel like we've done it the right way. And I feel like it's not about... Train with the best was never about like we're the best. It was never about like proving to to each other who's better than who in the training world. And I think there's enough of that. And the, the whole purpose of this podcast was to be that high tide that rises all boats. To be able to get guests like Donnie and David and Yo and Sean and the millions of other high quality guests that we've had, not to pound our own chests, but to share some of the ideas and hopefully like you guys can learn from our experiences and the ideas that we have. And hopefully we can learn from you. It's not necessarily about like, hey, this is the way I do it and this is the best way and I hate everybody else that, that doesn't right. do it my way. You know what I mean? That's crazy. And there's been guests on our podcast that would probably disagree with each other. And yep. that's the thing. is like, can we get the people that we have on to talk about what they do in a way that you as a listener can say, I agree with that. Here's why. I disagree with that. Here's why. Like, just don't take everything as the gospel. And right. I think that's been a cool evolution for me is like, there's some things that I've gone to education watch. I'm like, I don't know about that. Yeah. And like to get to the point where I feel comfortable, you and I have had discussions yeah. where it's like, you do this one way. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I, what about this way? Here's why I think this is right. And sometimes you gone like, no, I, I see why you do it that way. Like, yeah. that's cool. A lot of times I wind up coming back around to your way because <laughs> uh, your ways are tested and they work. And that's great. Um, but like w- to, to be able to get to the point where, I mean, I remember sitting in here with Brandon um, when we did the pod with him yep. 25 whatever episodes ago. And it's yep. like we were up on the whiteboard, like drawing stuff out, like really having an in-depth conversation about something. I don't remember what. Yeah, um, it was and, a it was the progressions from kneeling to split stance. Oh, to, yeah, yeah, to yeah that's what it stance. was. And like, yeah, to be able to have that kind of intellectual conversation is yeah. Is fun with and some it's of fun these because we're, we're one we're splitting hairs, so it's not, yeah. It's not like it's not like this one this one way. Is oh no, Chris! Definitely way if you if you do way. it the other way, the world will end. <laughs> right. So, so but yeah, it's fun to have those conversations, and and that was kind of the whole idea of the podcast. Anyways, yeah. we have we have these talks about like should we do this? Should we do that? What are what are the ways that we train to get faster? And then let's let's record some of this. Yeah. You know? Speaking of, I have in front of me uh, phase three of a Chris Gores program. Something that we will, I guess, we'll no, it'll be phase four because we're going, we're going explosive. I've right. done the strength stuff. We're going explosive yep. over the next three weeks. Uh, if you would like to follow along, surely we will put lots of stuff on Instagram. Uh, but then afterwards, we'll be talking about it on the pod, how this is going, and then uh, some of this will be available to you uh, yep. if you would like to be able to look at an actual program from us uh, really more from Chris, but we're going to sit down and, and kind of go over it and refine it. Cause I, when was the last time you, I mean, obviously it's still good. A lot of your stuff hasn't changed, but the, you know, gradually little things change over time. When was, when did you actually write this? This was written, I think two years ago. Okay. Um, and, and, and put out there, 
I, I guess I pinned the tweet, so let me see. I pinned the tweet, and that tweet was wherever my my tweets are. <laughs> that was in November of 2016. Oh, so wow. Almost so almost th- almost three years ago. Yeah. But it was a culmination of a lot of things. Like, I wanted to put something out there because um, I used to do online training, and I stopped because I didn't feel like I was doing it at a very high level, or at least the high level that... I expect out of myself. Like I wanted to make sure that I was connecting with people and it's very hard to do that online. So I stopped and, and I wanted to write something that look, if you just wanted something like a program that you can follow along, then here, here you go. It wasn't, it wasn't something that was meant to be like, Hey, this is the end all be all. This is how all workouts should be. But like, what can I write that's out there? That's not going to hurt anybody and maybe make them a little bit better. So that's what, that's what I wrote this book. And, a lot of people have have used it. Um, I still refer back to it because you know I put a lot of time into it, and so there yeah. are some there are certain tweaks in there that that I've made now that I've I've changed certain exercises, and you know this is obviously very generic because I don't know who's going to download this program, right? But you know, for, but the principles in the program still apply. Yeah, for sure. So we're gonna have some fun with this. Chris is gonna coach me through it. We're gonna edit as we go, and we'll be sharing it with you here on the pod and. That'll be uh, the next couple of weeks as we'll be recording live here at Onyx in Richmond. Any other thoughts on episode 100 before we toss to Donnie? That's it, man. I'm, uh, I'm happy we're here. I'm, I'm looking forward to the next 100. You yeah. Know, hopefully, hopefully some big stuff coming up. But uh, I'm, I'm actually excited to listen to Donnie. So let's get to it. Yeah. Just uh, last thing I'll add. Thanks. If you're listening and have been listening or whether it's your first one, I'm sure a lot of people will find this because of Donnie. Um, there you go. Good news. If you like what you hear so far, there's 99 other episodes <laughs> right. you can catch up on. Uh, some of them are even good. Uh, but we uh, just want to say thanks. Um, this, this, we don't keep doing this if nobody's listening. We know we're not doing this for us, uh, as we've said. Um, but if nobody's listening, then what's the point? It's not worth our time. So to everybody who's listening and to reach out and uh, whether you listen to one episode or all hundred, we appreciate it. And, and thanks so much for all the, the kind words. And uh, we hope to keep doing this for you guys. And, and, you know, if we keep getting better along the way, that's a that's a nice side effect, too. Without further ado, a word from our friends and then lots of words. From Donnie Ray. The Train With The Best podcast is powered by Super Coffee. As Chris and I have been running around, Super Coffee helps keep us going. There were some days last week, Chris, where uh, I was trying to squeeze in a bunch of clients. If I didn't have some Super Coffee, I think I would have I would have literally died. Death. Yeah, for me, it always hits me in that afternoon, that 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, where I got to push through and get to the evening. And re- you're right after lunch, you got your workout in already, and you're just like staring and, and looking in space and where am I going to get this energy? And for me, that super coffee hits the spot every single time. Protein, MCTs from coconut oil and high grade organic coffee. Whether you run to a Whole Foods, Wawa or Wegmans to get one or you order online at drinksupercoffee.com and have your own stash ready, you got to have it. If you go that latter option, we got something that'll help you out. You go drinksupercoffee.com, use the code train with the best and it's 25% off. That is a nationwide 25% off. Train with the best is the code at drinksupercoffee.com. You can use it for super coffee, super espresso or super creamer. One more again, drinksupercoffee.com the code is train with the best go get you some coffee and don't die hey chris did you hear the news from our friends at momentus tell me 
They have a, a, a new trainer on their roster. I think we know him. We do. He's the reason that we found momentous in the first place. When we say train with the best, no one's better than David Alexander from DBC. And now David is officially on the momentous roster. He's been unofficially on it for like two years. That's, in fact, how we found momentous. Right. That's how momentous found me. They were like, hey, you were down at DBC? Wait, you have a podcast? We might be have some discussions about that. And so... If it's good enough for David, it's good enough for us. We're pretty sure it'd be good enough for you. It is, simply put, the best protein on the market. Unleaded? Unleaded, no metals, pure ingredients, and something that's going to help you perform at the best. Whether it's endurance recovery, strength recovery, plant-based or whey-based, they have a protein for you. Just go to livemomentous.com, and you can get the finest protein in the whole wide world for 20% off. Livemomentous.com, the code is... Is train with the best because if you want to train with the best, you have to recover with the best, and that's why we choose Momentous. Our guest today on the Train with the Best podcast, episode 100, was my teacher for the weekend. He's the co founder of DBC Fitness in Miami, Florida. Donnie Raymond is sitting across the table from me here at DBC HQ. Donnie, thanks for coming on the podcast. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So I wanted to start with your background because it's so interesting to me, and, and then this might take over the entirety of our conversation, and frankly, that's okay with me. Uh, you were a Navy SEAL. Yes. And then you also have an engineering background. Yes. And yet you've become the world's premier biomechanist. As David said in the introduction to you over the weekend, you are the last person to go to to where if you can't fix it, you have to have surgery. How did you go from one to the other to the other? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, while I was in the, in the SEAL teams, uh, I actually suffered a neck injury from a parachute premature opening. So what happens is you, you're, you know, you're free falling at 120, 180 miles an hour, depending on how much gear you got on. Um, so the parachutes are actually built to open slowly. So you, you get a slow deceleration instead of like a whack yeah. know, all at once. Um, and the, the, that mechanism that's built in the parachute failed. So my neck kind of bounced off my, um, my chest and I got what they thought was a whiplash injury. Um, and it wasn't. So for eight months of physical therapy, um, it didn't really get fixed, and I was getting worse and worse. And I went to an institute in San Diego that did corrective exercise, um, and they, they solved the problem. So um, uh, when I came back to the medical community, in the SEAL team, we have our own medical clinics and doctors and things like that. So they kind of said, hey, what did you do? And I said, I went to this clinic, and they were like, oh, yeah, we've heard about that clinic. So in the SEAL teams, if, if they discover something in the civilian population, they send somebody out to learn it and bring it back and apply it to the community. And that's what happened. So they sent me to there, and I learned from them and uh, brought it back. And while I was in one of the courses at that clinic, um, I answered a question about the shear forces in, um, in the neck. And the instructor turned around and said, who said that? And I said, I've been teaching that for 40 years, and nobody's ever caught that. Um, and it was, it's, a, it, it's an engineering term. So, um, because when I went to college before I went to SEAL teams, I was a computer science major. And so I had the physics and the mathematics. Um, so then they, when I went to the SEAL teams, put me in the engineering department. So I, then I spent the next 15 years as a, as a uh, field engineer. Um, so I caught that and it was simple engineering. So then the instructor pulled me aside later that day and said, Hey, you know, have you heard of biomechanics? I said, no, I haven't. Um, and he said, well, you should, you need to look into it. Um, so I did. And that's when I found out what it was. And it's uh, biomechanics is a, is a mechanical engineering based science. Um, all you have to do is, is you're using basic engineering concepts and applying them to the human body. Although the human body is much more complicated than most machines and things like that. So um, it's still kind of a young science. So 
Um, we brought in a bunch of engineers to DVC, and then we just kind of collaborate on everything, and, and we try to apply as many things as we can um, using the mathematics, using the engineering concepts. Um, and, and surprisingly, we found a lot of it matches what's in the medical literature. So uh, it seems to be uh, working out pretty good for us right now. Yeah, I'd say so. Let's go back to the genesis of DBC. So ironically enough, uh, and unfortunately enough, uh, David, also you and he connected over a neck injury as well. It was his neck yeah. that you fixed. Uh, and that was many years before DBC started. But eventually he comes to you with this idea and this, this plan. Why did you say yes? Uh, I actually went, I left Miami. I, I, I had a small clinic by myself in Miami, and uh, my wife retired from the WNBA and wanted to play pro beach volleyball. So um, I'll spare you that story, but it's kind of funny because you're a, a UConn fan. So. Oh, no, uh, I'm not a UConn fan. I'm oh. Syri- I, was, I went to Syracuse. I've, I've covered a number of UConn oh, games. Oh, okay. Because uh, when I was there, we were still in the same conference in the Big East, but uh, what can you, what oh. can you say? Oh, it's so, a funny story. Go ahead. So my wife played for UConn. Okay. But um, she's 6'5". So, oh, wow. um, but she got discovered by Gino Oriema playing volleyball and he said, I'm going to make her a great basketball player. So that was, that was kind of the story. So, gotcha. uh, yeah, so they, uh, so we actually, um, she wanted to play pro beach volleyball. So we moved to California and I had a contract with, uh, Audley Harrison. He was an Olympic gold medal, super heavyweight boxer. Um, and he, he held the, the you know, European championship for quite a while and, uh, he injured his pec having a bench press competition with Lennox Lewis. Um, and As one like does. Right before a fight, you know. So yeah. he's, he, I went out there and uh, worked with him for about a year and a half trying to get him back ready for his title fight. He was, he was the number one contender, so he had a, he had a fight for the title soon. Mm. Um, so we went out there, and I kind of gave up the practice, um, uh, gave up my gym here. And it was, it was almost perfect timing when uh, David uh, posted that he had posted pictures of DBC when it was empty and gutted, and he was like, hey, I'm starting a gym. And it was right when I came back. So uh, he just called me and said, hey, you want to come work here? And I was like, yeah, sure. Because I was going to open up another gym. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, back in the day, when, when David was actually a client of mine, um, the, where, the gym he worked at was trying to start a corrective exercise program. And what they did is they were bringing me clients. I was assessing them and writing my program and then training the client and the trainer. Um, and they brought me about 300 clients. Wow. So um, it was just David David brought someone in one day, and I worked with them, and then they left, and he's like, hey, by the way, can you look at my neck? And he had a very fairly common problem. Um, so I, I showed him what to do, and uh, he actually fixed it himself. Uh, he just did what I showed him, and it was uh, it just you know, happened to be something that was simple. So from that, as soon as, like he said, that, that night he went home, and he's like, oh, I don't feel any pain right now. Um, and he was like, okay, if I ever open up a gym, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this guy in with me. Um, so it, it was, it was a long time in the making, but that's how it worked out. Yeah. Um, so you guys create DBC, you create the gym, but you also have the education portion of this. At what point during the process of creating DBC, did you know you wanted to not just educate your staff, but formalize some sort of education for others and start with a level one certification? That had been my attention, uh, for a long, long time. So I realized when I first got into this business, I had no idea. So I didn't know, I thought I was going to be working with like, 50, 60-year-old golfers who had back pain, things like that. Because um, the institute I went to was, was medical-based. It was mm-hmm. mostly corrective exercise. They, they, they did some other things. but So I, I realized that the clinic that I went to taught me things that were going against the green a little bit in, tif- in typical medical uh, jargon. And I, I realized like going further into the biomechanics of it, I'm like, wow, this is really missing. 
So after um, I started getting a few athletes and things like that and realized like, wow, this is really, it wasn't what I thought it was. I, I, didn't, I didn't see the science at the level um, that I learned in college being applied, even though a lot of people say science. I, I don't think they have a science background, so they, they stumble over things uh, in science. And I realized, wow, this is, this, is, this is an easy thing to put out there. It's just it's the missing link in exercise. So I always had the intention of doing something educational-wise. But bringing DBC, uh, it just, it, it, we, I like to call DBC a stage. Um, mm -hmm. You know, David's always been uh, popular with uh, everybody. He's very charismatic. Um, the, the guys love him, right? Even, even to this day, um, people still come to DBC to see David. Um, they don't come to see me, but they go through me first anyway. So, um, you know, he's like the popular one, which is great. Well, I, I don't mind it at all. I, I, don't, right. I, don't, I don't want it's to deal with It's a good yin and yang. Him. Yeah, I don't want to deal with the things he deals with uh, all the time. So uh, it just kind of worked out that way where uh, it just took off, and now we had the platform. Um, at what point did the idea that level one would be level one, so to speak, because you guys, as we'll talk about in a second, have level two, and there's a vision for for level three off somewhere in the future. Why do it this way? Where was the cutoff of the information? Cause you know, we could have, we, today could be day three and you could teach us for a hundred days and we'd still not, you know, no, we still have a fraction of the knowledge. So how did you decide that this course that I took this weekend would be the thing that you started your educational path on? Actually, it's, it's intuitively it's backwards. So right now we're teaching. So the whole system that we use here is, is some standard orthopedic measurements. Um, and then from the measurements, you're easy to um, deduce certain things by the process of elimination. So um, you do the measurements, and then you can prescribe these stretches or exercises for, for joints that aren't functioning properly, tracking properly, or aligned properly. Um, and then you, you prescribe the exercises. Mm -hmm. uh, the problem is if you can take the measurements and you start analyzing the numbers to prescribe exercises, but you don't know how the exercises are technically supposed to be performed, um, it doesn't do you any good, and you just have a bunch of data. So we had to teach the exercises, um, and the exercises we start off with um, are known as general motor programs. And that's, that's um, general motor programs are well known in, in neurology um, as how, as how the, the brain communicates with the body. Um, they're kind of like instinctual movement patterns that, that are built into us. Mm -hmm. So we had to teach those because what we found is it's kind of like doing a front end alignment on a car. Um, if your tire is crooked and it's squealing and it's, it's uh, rubbing and it's wearing out too soon, um, if you straighten it, like those symptoms go away. And that's really the essence of what we do. Once we, once we put the joints back where they're supposed to be, things just start to clear up on its own because the body will, will try to heal itself all the time. So we had to teach you how to perfectly execute a squat based on the structure of the body, of the bones, where the muscles attach, where the soft tissues attach. Um, so we can take away any stresses that are, that are in there just by you generally moving around. Um, and that seems to be what works the best. One of the coolest things I think I learned this weekend was those motor patterns, the neurological, uh, kind of cheat code, I guess. Yeah. Uh, can you explain that to people, uh, why these seven movement patterns have to be somewhere different than just our brains? Yeah, so neurologists have discovered a long time ago, because they can, we can do nerve conduction tests now, and you know they can put an electrode on one end and, and one on the other and determine um, when you have a thought leaving your brain um, when it reaches your extremity. So some of them, uh, the 
speed doesn't match up. So people are reacting to things faster. So for example, if you put your finger on a hot toaster, um, you'll withdraw your hand quicker than the signal went from your hand to your brain that said, hey, hot surface, and then back to your hand and says, pull away. Right. So the, the, the numbers don't match. So the, the, there's, a, there's a lot of current conflicting theories um, so that the motor programs that we use, we use specifically for athleticism and, and general function. Um, but there's, there's um, scientists, that, neuroscientists that have come out with different gradations, like, you know, found a difference between walking, jogging, running. So, you know, we use the gait pattern, but there's uh, subsets of it. Right. And uh, so the theory right now is, and it, it's fairly common, everybody agrees that these motor programs exist. Um, it's just nobody's really found the true answer yet. But there's some pretty valid theories. The, the most accepted one now is there are central pattern generators, they call them. Then they're just nerve bundles somewhere else in your body. It's suspected that they're in the spinal cord that mm -hmm. store these pre-programmed movements in. Um, so you don't have to think about them. Because if you, if you really, really start to consider what happens just even standing upright, the balance control that you have to stand upright, obviously there's a batch of information that goes out to hundreds of muscles at the same time and provides constant feedback. But you don't have to think about that. Right. So there's just the, the, the information is, is that gets batch put out to your body is an, is an insane amount of information. So, and it's just, there's no time for it to go back and forth to the brain and then have a conscious thought about it. Right. Uh, back to kind of the, the DBC system and very simply the DBC system, that term, what does it mean to you? It's actually, we don't actually consider it the DBC system. Mm. Um, these are things, and, and I think, uh, a lot of people don't believe me sometimes when I say we didn't uh, come up with any of this information. It's not right. It's not um, everything we do um, matches the engineering concepts. We found it in the medical literature, not all in one place. Uh, a lot of people ask me, oh, what book should I read?" It's it comes from many, I mean, many, you're, many. Is that your five twenty six now? Uh, yeah, in my in my library, I have I have about seven hundred books in my library. But uh, come on, a, why are you slacking? A couple hundred <laughs> of them are on the. Uh, well, you know, it's funny because I don't. Um, I read a book a long time ago and I thought it was complete garbage and I was about to put it down uh -huh. and I turned the page and the next paragraph was gold yeah <laughs> um, so now I'm afraid to uh, skim through books in fear that I'm going to miss something that um, right I've been looking for this piece of information for 10 years and there it is well, and what I, if it's right there in the middle of a right. crappy book yeah so now I read them cover to cover so even even if they're garbage so um, but yeah, I, the, um, the the red side of my library is 526, I believe. Um, not to mention the thousands of articles of, of uh, we've read on the academic sources. But um, so the system, it's really uh, it's a it, it was a it was an incomplete puzzle um, that we started piecing together, um, and some of the information comes from uh, the biomedical. Field. Some of it comes from neurology. Some of it comes from the medical field. Some of it comes from biomechanics. There's um, some of it comes from straight physics. Um, some of the things are just very easily calculable if you understand how to do the physics and uh, or mathematics. So it's just it's a combination of things that already existed. And some of this stuff, I mean, they've been dissecting bodies since the 1500s. Mm -hmm. So um, you know, some of this is not it's not news. It's just um, you know, today with the pace of college education, a lot of things. 
Um, you know, when I, when I was in college, we took calculus. There wasn't calculus one, two, three, and it didn't break down. Now you can take calculus for uh, financiers. You can take calculus for engineers. You can take, so they're, they're breaking it apart, and they're yeah. just teaching you how to use the certain aspects of calculus that uh, you need for your field. So, it was, um, so when, you, when you need to do something outside that field, you kind of don't get it. So um, having the different people we have at DVC, we get different perspectives because we don't have all mechanical engineers. Uh, Jared was an aerospace engineer, then a mechanical. Um, Connor was a chemical engineer turned mechanical engineer. His first job was as a mechanical engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason has his degree in uh, organic uh, chemistry. So there's you know wide variety of people here, and it, we get in some heated arguments when... Uh, when we come up with something and throw a free body diagram on the board, it gets a it gets a it's a spirited discussion, but it's it's good. Yeah, good thing I'm not here for those because I'd be lost. There is no calculus <laughs> for broadcast journalists. Oh yeah, well, there probably like, is. Uh, no, it's like, hey, please do not enter this room. All of you are terrible at math. Go go speak to people. Well, the secret is everybody's bad at math. <laughs> well, that makes me feel a lot better. Uh, level two is coming. It is the next phase of the education. What should we expect from DBC level two? I, I think the thing that we're, I mean, it's, it's, it's the assessment. It's the, it's the mm. measurements that we do on people. Um, but I think the thing that we're most happy about is when you open up the orthopedic textbooks, because the original assessment we had was from five different orthopedic assessment textbook, uh, textbooks. And um, when we brought Jared in um, as a PhD, you know, we brought him in to tear apart level one. We wanted to make sure we were right with uh, our conclusions and um so bringing someone like him in mm. um you know like say instead of a peer review it was a superior review right um which is more beneficial because you know we didn't want to look foolish by saying something wrong of course um so then when we wrote level two um when we opened up some of the books that i really took for granted um, for a long long time there were some explanations in some of the books that said hey this um a lot of these measurements haven't been researched or validated but they're long-standing um, and some of the books were referencing other books that that they used to come up with these measurements, and we ended up getting those books. And some of them went back to like the 1960s. Wow. Um, and one one of the most popular ones references from the AAOS, the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons, and they're putting out these numbers, but there was no explanation of the numbers. So we didn't feel comfortable with that. So we actually completely retooled our assessment. And we took the measurements um, that had research done on them. So a lot of researchers went back, they took a specific measurement, and then they said, hey, we're going to run a study on this. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did. And you know, some of them were uh, matching CT scans, people that had been injured, not injured, cadaver studies, um, things like that. So the thing we're most happy about is everything, every measurement that we have in this assessment now has been researched and studied and experimented. Um, so we feel that it's the most uh, comprehensive and reliable assessment now. I like that. Um, what to you is the the biggest mystery still about the body? Like what's the next frontier of research to be had to, to unlock a, a new level of understanding about how we function? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. So what what ends up happening is you have the nerve impulses going through. So you have the software um, you know, we have an idea on the hardware that goes, but what you're really getting is when you, when you move a joint, I mean, the, if you look really deeply at the joint, you have a structure of the joint and there's cartilage involved and there's, there's various soft tissues that have very, various mechanical properties. Um, the muscles, you can fire a proportion of your muscle fibers versus the other. So, you know, if you say your bicep, when you're making a curl, I mean, you're, 
there's only certain fibers can be active because there's different fibers and things like that. So getting, getting, being able to actually calculate something like that um, truly and then ask what the signals are doing and what the mm. actual forces are doing, um, it's just, it's, there's just billions of muscle fibers there that can't be accounted for mathematically. There's just too many variables. So mm -hmm. you end up making assumptions, but um, they're working on it. I mean, now they're testing. Um, we, we just had a, a medical company contact us. They're using ultrasound video, um, like thermal imagers, mm -hmm. and they're um, catching blood flows through certain fibers. Wow. So I think the science is coming along. But, I mean, realistically, the, the human body is just, uh, it, it's just way too complicated. Um, it's, there's, there's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we laugh, too, because um, we, you, we see a lot of robotics coming out with things right now. And you see mm -hmm. some robots doing some circus tricks out there. Um, but what people don't understand is that robot was specifically built for that purpose. Um, and, right. you know, what we really need out of robotics is for that robot to walk into the Fukushima power plant, step over a downed beam, open the door and put the fire out. Um, but they can't do those things. Um, you know, they have robots that are mimicking gait. If you, if you watch any video of a robot, it can't even walk. It can't even mimic the way we walk yet. And there's billions of dollars of research going into this by really, really smart people. Mm -hmm. So we can't even get a robot to mimic the way we walk. Um, so, I mean, it's just that complicated. Who are some of the people in this industry, the, the fitness side of it, since we're a, a fitness podcast, I'm sure you can name a bunch of physicists and <laughs> scientists that most of our listeners wouldn't have a clue about, uh, on, on the fitness side of this outside of the walls of DBC, who are some of the people that you think are doing a good job? I think a lot of people are doing a good job. I think you could name, um, you know, it's, it's really in with this, with this uh, time we have a social media and things like that. People are putting things out there, um, that are, um, very controversial, um, things that have been studied before. So, I mean, really people are, are putting out some bad information, but, um, it, it, to me, it's a handful of people. And I, I actually started to get in, uh, wrapped up in it because of course, every time somebody puts out something, um, mm -hmm. that we have showed research on, I get a text message or a, a DM on it. But, uh, I was just reminded we, a lot of, we've had medical doctors come through the course. Um, mm -hmm. we've had a lot of DPTs. So one of our DPTs who, um, when he was in one of our courses, I he obviously stood out as a really, really bright guy. Um, he sent me a message and he said, Hey, um, I just want you to know that there's a, these, this handful of DPTs out there and chiropractors out there that are putting out some information. Um, he goes, I just want you to know, like I've been a DPT for 13 years most of us don't think that and there's mm. hundreds of thousands of us so i mean that was a really good reminder so I, it's true i mean you know there's people hurting their back squatting but it's it's a very small percentage um so we're not you know we're not against the squatting you know we, there's a there's a certain way to squat that that's injury right. preventative it's a, there's a safer way but there's not there's not a correct way we just know some wrong ways that have been researched so um, there, there are hundreds of thousands of people out there doing a great job every day. Um, it's just there's, there's a few people out there, um, you know, not maliciously, but they're trying to get popular. They read something, they understand it the way they understand it, may not be correct, um, don't have the experience, they're young, putting out some things. But no, there's, there's a lot of people doing it right out there. One more semi-serious one, two fun ones, and then we're out of here. Uh, you've had an incredible lifetime of experiences. So when you get up every morning and, and continue to do this, what drives you? What makes you tick? 
Uh, it, it's actually it's the reason I got into this because when I got out of the SEAL teams, you know, I was 37 at the time. <clears throat> I woke up in a in a bombed out building in Afghanistan when I was 35, and I was just kind of I don't want to do this anymore. Wow. Um, so at one point, I was training. Uh, so after Afghanistan, I went onto the Navy parachute team, and there was a, there was a couple of guys that had some back problems and things like that. And uh, they were like, hey, can you just take a look at it? And uh, a couple of guys um, I fixed easily, and a couple of guys took a few months. And it really, you know, when I have, like I did it with, with David and a couple of these guys, and I ha- I've had it happen a few times where um, you went to the most probable cause of this person's injury because of what you know. I mean, you know, I, I try never to work with anybody without doing the full assessment to get the whole picture. But occasionally you come across someone who has something like, okay, it's 90% chance it's this, and then you mm. show them what to do, and they, and they call you and go, oh, I just had my first uh, night's sleep pain-free in the last six years. I mean, that really made me feel good. Um, yeah. Was, so, yeah, it's, and, you know, when it happens several times, you're just like, I like this. Um, so that's what made me decide to get into it. All right, two phone ones real quick. Uh, people know you've worked with LeBron James, who, in my opinion, is the greatest athlete we've ever seen. Just his combination of size, speed, all those kinds of things. is It's wholly unique. Not rare. It's, it's unique. What to you, as the person who perhaps knows his body best, even better than he does, uh, what's the most amazing thing to you about him? Uh, <clears throat> that, uh, what you said. And because I'm going to say, I, didn't, I, can't, I don't take credit for any of that. Right. Um, LeBron James was a phenomenal athlete. Um, and he, he is, he's unbelievable. Um, he's an unbelievable person too. Um, it's, it's, uh, he doesn't get enough credit for that, but uh businessman as well. I mean, yeah. you know, we pull into the, into China at 3am and everybody's awake and he's the rah, rah, rah guy, like trying to get everybody to wake up and feel good about it. Cause it has to be a good trip. But, um, no, I mean, I, you know, I, LeBron James was having some issues and, uh, he apparently he had him for a lot longer than he let on. Um, after, after it came out, people were going back and saying, Oh that yeah, makes sense. now <laughs> it makes sense. But, um, you know, after I had him for three months, um, uh, he told me he doesn't even think about his, these issues anymore. Um, and everything he did after that was on him. So um, I just I did the same thing we do here. We, we realigned his body, showed him how to use his body a little bit. Um, he was pain free. He was a young man, and uh, I guess it, it must have felt like we finally pulled the thorn out of his side, and he felt great. And then he just turned into a, a maniac. Yeah, an even bigger maniac. Um, and last thing, uh, I was told by a I'd say a fairly reliable uh, source that you are quite the tequila connoisseur. What is your favorite tequila as we oh, sit here in Miami? I actually have uh, specific tequilas for specific occasions. Oh, okay. So, well, you can give us, give us one or two. Um, so it, actually, the story as it turns out, um, I when I came back from Afghanistan, I realized uh, I got sick. And uh, I, had, I had multiple tests, and I have a, uh, I'm allergic to brewer's yeast, which is what they, the catalyst they use for beer and wine. Oh, wow. Um, so I can't drink beer and wine. Uh, so tequila's, uh, the catalyst is from the agave plant. So um, it doesn't make me sick. So I started drinking tequila. But there's a, there's a tequila that I got in Mexico that was not in the United States at the time called Centenario. Okay. Um, so I use the Centenario Plata, the white one for margaritas. And then if I'm sipping tequila, I like the Centenario Añejo. I think I've heard of that and I will now have to try it. Yeah. It's in the States now. Which makes it a lot easier to get. (laughs) Yeah. Donnie, appreciate this entire weekend. Appreciate you sitting down for this podcast and thanks for coming on episode 100. No, thank you. Welcome to the family.